0: Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Well, thank you, Billy. And howdy, neighbors. Ron Hayes with you today on The Road to Rural Prosperity. We find ourselves along the Mother Road today in Weatherford, Oklahoma, along old Route 66 and Interstate 40 as well, where we meet up. With Harold Wright, radio station owner, entrepreneur, rural leader, and a member of the Oklahoma House of Representatives over the last dozen years. He's currently serving as the Speaker Pro Tem of the House of Representatives. Today, we talk about that 2020 legislative session. We talk about his 12 years in the Oklahoma House, and we talk about his career in radio. As well as his radio station, KWEY in Weatherford celebrates their 50th anniversary, 50th birthday this year as of June 1st. We're back with Harold Wright today along the road to rural prosperity. Our road being sponsored today by the Oklahoma Rural Water Association. Like KWEY, they are celebrating 50 years here in 2020 serving rural water systems all across our state. We're back today with Harold in just a few moments after these words from the Oklahoma Rural Water Association and our other sponsors as well on The Road to Rural Prosperity.
1: The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. Headquartered in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center envisions a quality public education for every child in Oklahoma, and their mission is to drive transformation and increased academic achievement within Oklahoma's public education system. The Resource Center is a nonprofit organization that provides essential resources, professional development, and technical assistance to the state's public schools. They advocate for high-quality instruction for all Oklahoma students and support increasing classroom innovation to provide them a challenging, globally competitive education.
0: Welcome to another edition of the Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes and what we've got a special guest today here uh with us today on the road Harold Wright. Uh we've known Harold for a bunch of years. Uh, I guess Harold, we were reminiscing there on on the radio today. day. Uh I guess I I met you 7778 when I first arrived in Oklahoma. At that point you were in Anadarko. We'll talk about that in a minute. Well,
1: part. yeah. Yeah, I was in Anadarko, a yeah. manager of that station, part owner and Uh, Rick Parrish, you and Rick drove in with this really fancy Chrysler (laughs) sedan. And I was impressed. And uh, you, you, you introduced, uh, Rick introduced you to me. I knew Rick for several years. But anyway, that, that was my first introduction. And we were very happy and excited about bringing on the Oklahoma Agronet at that time.
0: Uh, You know, probably the side story of that that car was I'm I'm almost certain it was probably a a trade deal that was brokered by John Brooks. Remember John Brooks? Yes. Yes. To, you know, uh, Jiminy Christmas himself. And uh, that was from, I think, from Smokey Davidson. Really? Time. I mean, it was a, yeah. way back in. We, we were, they were cutting all kinds of crazy deals as I was getting, getting established in Oklahoma there. But, but we've known obviously each other since well, we'll talk a little bit more about Anadarka a little bit, but most recently, folks know you well uh, from your, uh, from your 12 years. This is your 12th year as a part of the state legislature and uh serving in the house the entire 12 years and wrapping up now uh the speaker pro tim for the uh, for the last session, the last two years, uh, you know, tell, maybe before we get uh, jump into radio, what what got you interested in uh, in actually getting involved at the state level for politics?
1: Well, first of all, actually, I was the pro tem for, for four years, four years. Uh, which okay. was the first Republican to serve for that many years mm-hmm. as the speaker pro tem, which is like the vice uh, vice president or vice speaker, if you will. Right. For lack of better words. But that's the technical term. Speaker pro tem mm-hmm. and it's just a, a, an area of responsibility, but i I really um, got interested in politics while I was in college was a uh, minored in, in political science. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then As you know, being in radio, I've interviewed uh, many, many politicians (laughs) over the years. My claim to fame is I interviewed Lloyd Benson when he was running for president. He actually came through Anadarko, and uh, for a long time we had the cup that he drank coffee out of, uh, you know, as a trophy at the radio station. But, you know, David (laughs) Warren was a regular guest, uh, you know, during his tenure Mm -hmm. as uh, U.S. senator and uh, and and Don Nichols when he was you yes. know so I got interested in politics uh in, in those years but you know being in radio and being a one man operation in a lot of ways I wasn't able to run for office right uh, but but you were a mayor I was one. mayor of Anadarko for yeah. a couple of years yeah, yeah I did that uh, that, that's a weak mayor form of government. So it didn't take as much responsibility as being the city manager, like in some communities, but it was like chairman of the board for our city government there in Anadarko. And it, it was a great experience and mm-hmm. did a lot of great things there. Uh, in Anadarko before moving to Weatherford 91. Right.
0: But now when you decided to run for, uh, for office, you had some interest in politics, but that was a pretty big commitment, uh, when you decided to, to make that run to go, you know, go to Oklahoma City. Uh, it's not
1: a full-time job, but it's kind of a full-time job. It really is full-time. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. people say it's part-time, but you get paid part-time money. Uh, but you, it, it's not a part-time job. It's really year-round, even though, you know, we're only in the legislature for four months, mm-hmm. from February through May. That's in the Constitution, 100 days. Right. We have to be finished by the last Friday of of the of May mm-hmm. at five o'clock. Uh, we're done with business. Period. And only twice, I think, in 12 years, that we actually ran up to the to the uh, final minute of time and running bills. Uh, mm-hmm. The last few years, it's been a little bit more accommodating. We've been able to get through a little. Quicker, and I want to thank John Eccles, who's been our floor leader the last four years. Done an outstanding job of running the floor, making sure that we allowed enough time. Like this year, if we needed to, uh, uh, you know, uh, override a veto, which mm-hmm. we did several of those this right. year, um, and also in case there's a bill that we wanted to get passed and could override the veto. And so that's worked out really nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as far as uh, this, this uh, time in, in, uh, in Oklahoma city to stay capital, you've uh, actually had the chance to work with, I guess what, both sides of the political aisle, as far as governor is concerned, right?
1: My first couple because of years, Brad Henry Brad Brad was Henry, governor, yeah. and found him to be a very, a very outstanding job as governor. Mm-hmm. And he had a guy from Western Oklahoma, Scott Meacham, who was was his finance director, a finance secretary, and he also was treasurer. So, right. and then then eight years with with Governor Fallon, and the last couple. Uh, with Governor Stitt,
0: right. So you've had a chance to see some different management styles uh, at the in the governor's office, and of course, uh, uh, sometimes the the interactions were good, and sometimes, it, uh, particularly with uh, with Mrs. Fallon, it was not so great the last year. Well, or so. you
1: know, I I had a great relationship with Mary Fallon, mm-hmm. and she and I got along very well, and right. I worked with her. Um, and uh, found her to be uh, easy to work with. I, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it was a very difficult time because yeah. when she came into office, we had 26 cents in the rainy day fund or something like that, and in over a couple of years, it built up to about 600 million. We were, things were looking good, mm-hmm. and then the bottom dropout, out. You know, the oil prices again right. dropped to 20 or 30 dollars a barrel, which uh, made it very difficult. I think out of the twelve years I, I was in the legislature, we only had two years where we had extra money to spend. The rest of the time, it's been right. trying to fill the holes and to kind of keep gov- government going and, and supplying, uh, you know, revenue for the uh, the core services like education and the highway department. Uh, health has become such a big issue. The health department used to be a small piece of the pie, Mm -hmm. uh, the largest of which is education. Uh, And still education with higher ed and common ed is about half the budget. But the next in line now is the health department, the health authority.
0: I guess what, and you've you've actually had to live through two just debacles as far as the oil industry is concerned there at the uh, state capitol.
1: Yes, and it's been tough because uh, Uh, it's not just the uh, uh, production you know, tax on gross production mm-hmm. it, on gas and oil, but it's also all the the other taxes are affected by the the lower price of fuel. Mm-hmm. So sales tax, income tax took a dip as well. So it right. made the, all of our revenue was down considerably.
0: Yeah, it, it's amazing to me. That uh, it's amazing to me that uh, you know Oklahoma. We've we've kind of tried. We say we want to learn our lessons. We we've we've tried to diversify in a lot of ways as far as revenue. But end of the day, when uh, when oil dives, it uh, it affects a lot of our state.
1: And then you know that coupled with agriculture being mm-hmm. uh, also, uh, you know, for years we've we've prices for wheat. Mm-hmm. Wheat was, you know, I had a science teacher told me one time that in western Oklahoma we we rotate crops, wheat, wheat, and wheat, <laughs> <laughs> and we did that a lot here. Yeah. And we're seeing a little diversification because of the price of wheat, mm-hmm. but we've learned how to to produce. Uh, you know, I can remember harvesting wheat when I was a kid on the on the combine, twenty five uh you know bushels per acre was good back in the 70s yeah. 60s late 60s today that's not that good you know we're producing 40 to 50 bushels right. out on dry winter wheat uh, and that hurts when the prices are so low and and meat prices we've had some balance uh, there it's balancing out i think i've seen you know meat prices uh higher while wheat prices were lower, but right now everything's low. Yeah,
0: and it's been, been I tough. don't
1: get it. I mean, why is it that, you know, the price of, of, of meat, uh, beef on the hoof is – so low, but yet it's so high at the other. It doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's that's obviously a lot of cattle producers are really scratching the head Boy, no on on that Th- this year especially the uh, uh you know last year last summer we had the uh, the fire at the uh, packing plant up in uh, western Kansas that really uh, caused you know caused a lot of harm within the industry and now we've got the coronavirus that we've been living through in the last uh, last couple of months really and that's that's that that's that's a whole another whole another story for sure. We're talking today with Harold Wright. Uh, State Representative Harold Wright, radio station uh, owner Harold Wright, DJ Harold Wright. And we're going to talk about uh, your your career in radio in just a minute. But I, let, let's finish up on the legislative side maybe right now. Tell me, you know, give me, give me kind of your thoughts of uh, 2020. The legislative session, the last one that you're serving as uh, uh, in this leadership role for the uh, for the GOP. Tell, give me it's been difficult. A, yeah, tell
1: me. Uh, it's been a difficult year. We came in uh, back in the fall and it looked like it was going to be a break-even year mm-hmm. because the oil and gas industry was down a little bit. And we're thinking, you know, the price of oil is going down, but it's not going to hit a, an all-time low. Um, we got in in February and they're saying, well, you know, it looks like we're going to have a hole of about $400 million. Dollars. Now, you know, in state government—we don't talk about millions; we talk about billions. You know, combination. And I look back at the old Constitution of the state of Oklahoma, where they actually had the first budget in the, in the Constitution. Ten thousand dollars was a lot of money mm-hmm. de- dedicated to certain areas of government. Right. So, uh you know, then we got into session. It's like, well, it doesn't look so good right now. It's like one point two billion dollars in the hole. Then it, then at the towards the end of. Uh, the budget process got up to one point four billion dollars less money than last year to spend and and our I know our budget team. We we rewrote the budget at least four or five times before we finally got there. We finally got a budget, and then the governor vetoed the budget, and it was necessary to come back and override that veto. So it was difficult. Yeah. Here we got a Republican governor, Republican legislature, but yet we weren't able to really work together to come up with that final budget. A little discouraging, I will tell you. I'm hoping that in the future that the governor and the legislature can work together a little bit better. So it seems like,
0: obviously, his first year, 2019, as he was inaugurated and as the uh, the Republican. Worked with him in the uh, in the House and Senate. There was a little more of a honeymoon, I guess, in effect last year.
1: There was, and and you know he had some good ideas. We gave him some additional authority over some state agencies, five of them mm-hmm. that he now can appoint the director and with no boards to, to to deal with in some of those cases. But you know it's a big deal for him to have that authority, and we do have a, a week. Governor type, uh, uh, our government, the Constitution is, you know, we have the longest Constitution in the United States. I don't know if you knew that or not, (laughs) but it's got, got, yeah, it's the longest in the country. It's this thick. I mean, I'm I'm showing it's about six inches thick. It's got a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of uh, law in the Constitution, like Mm -hmm. like the uh, ignition point of kerosene is in there, what it has to be, for example. Mm. That's still in the
0: Constitution. Yeah. I guess uh, that that's prescriptive, isn't it?
1: Yes, very much so. So <laughs> so really, the legislature has the power in Oklahoma more um, so than the governor. Yeah.
0: So you think of your 12 years was it worth it?
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, it's a great honor. It's the greatest honor I've ever had in my life to be able to serve in the legislature. You know, 101 people uh, in the House and 48 in the Senate. Um and, you know, you're among a, a small group of people representing right now about almost 4 million people. So I have 35,000 people in my district. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be up there and be their voice has been a tremendous honor.
0: And you you mentioned, obviously, it's a part-time job that's not a part-time job. And uh, obviously, you're at the Capitol quite a few days. But then the rest of the year, you're out talking to members, constituents, going to parades, going to fairs, and everything else, right?
1: A lot to do. And, and, you know, one of the joys of doing the job is doing constituent work and helping people uh, solve a problem. They come to the voice they have. At state government and need help. Um, and, and so there have been many instances where I've been able to be that that person I had a lady a teacher who had some issues with their health and she wasn't getting the, the, the treatment she wanted. And so I was able to go to bat for her and get the treatment she needed uh, in, in order uh, to solve some of her problems health-wise. So right. those are the kind of things that were very gratifying. And then, you know, you get a chance to actually make law Mm-hmm. And policy for the state of Oklahoma, and I've been involved in that too as well. So, getting ideas from constituents, bringing those to the table, and getting a law passed to help solve that problem is is fantastic.
0: One one uh, memory, <coughs> a special—I mean, one one special uh, highlight in your mind uh, during your legislative career.
1: Well, you know, I've been involved a lot with with. Uh, Several things in policy, but one of the areas, my daughter's the district attorney out in Western Oklahoma, Angela Marcy, and I've worked with the DA Council, District Attorney Council to come up with some bills. But but we did some extensive work on uh, DUI, driving under the influence laws, to put some teeth into uh, to the law so that people who are uh, repeat offenders mm-hmm. in driving and drinking had a, a little bit more of a penalty to pay. For repeat offenders, you know, the the, the legal system and this is a misnomer, uh, you know, we we, uh, there's very few that go into prison that don't have have not been convicted several times on local level with a misdemeanor or a felony and given have been given a, uh, a deferred sentence mm-hmm. uh, or something along that line. The last thing that that the D.A.s want to do is put somebody in jail unless it's a, a, a real egregious crime. And then it, that's a little different. If you commit murder, you know, you. you and are convicted of that, you deserve a different penalty than someone that's convicted of driving and drinking. However, if you continue to repeat and may be involved in an accident then, uh, when you're drinking and driving, then I think that a heavier penalty needs to be, to be applied. Right. Okay. Well,
0: that's uh, the legislative side of your uh, your most recent life, your last 12 years. Mm-hmm. But all, all along, though, you've been involved with radio. Let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. We're on the road to rural prosperity today. Harold Wright is our guest and we'll be uh, continuing Here in just a few moments.
1: The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve.
0: With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC.
1: Loan subject to pre-credit.
0: Welcome back. We're on the road to rural prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. And and today we're in Weatherford, Oklahoma. That's where the road has taken us. We're uh, right along the mother road, uh, yeah, old 66, and, of course, Interstate 40 as well. And uh, talking with uh, a member of our state legislature, but also a longtime radio station owner, operator, programmer, a salesman. I guess you burned the trash a few times out back as well, Harold. Mow the yard. Yeah, mow yeah, the yard. Clean got, got, dishes. Got to do all that yeah. stuff. Harold Wright with us today from uh, from Wright Radio in uh, in Weatherford, Speaking Oklahoma. Speaking of the now. Mother
1: Road, we mm-hmm. actually have more miles of the Mother Road, the actual road here mm-hmm. in this area than anywhere in the country. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that or not.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Lucille's is always a good place it's to stop. It's a great
1: place to eat. And then we have the Air and Space Museum, which was started by Tom Stafford, General mm-hmm. Stafford. So I'm excited about that. And one of the things, you asked me about memorable events. I was able to work with Bob Blackburn at the Oklahoma History Center to get the uh, Gemini Space Capsule to Weatherford. That was probably the biggest feat, being able to get that moved from the History Center to Weatherford. Tom Stafford had helped me do that, Mm -hmm. but we made it happen. I'm excited about having that Gemini 6 capsule at the Air and Space Museum in Weatherford. Okay. Good thing to see. Yeah, you need to. I'll and take you out there. And then come have, in a,
0: free. And then have lunch at Lucille's as yeah. well on the, on the Mother Road. So a great, great day indeed. Let's talk radio. Sure. We, we first met each other uh, in 1977 when you were part owner of K.R.P.T. Anadarko Kerpet.
1: <laughs> yeah, carpet the Frog.
0: That's right. 850 on the AM dial. This is when the AM was still, still, still a yeah. thing. I mean, it was a, a very significant part of the uh, the radio station uh, lifeblood out in this part of the world and across all of Oklahoma. Uh, but you started right here in 1970. I did as I mean, a just DJ. Just before that.
1: Yeah, 19, June 1st, 1970. Mm-hmm. First day we started broadcasting on KWEY, and I was a DJ and then finished college at Southwestern. Left um, Oklahoma, worked in Jacksonville, Florida, which is about the same size as Oklahoma City in a larger market environment. Got some great sales experience, and then the opportunity down at Anadark opened up. I had some friends that owned part of the station, and and they they were looking for a manager, and mm-hmm. it was exciting possibility of owning a, a radio station. So moved there in nineteen seventy five,
0: and so you were there. I, uh, I was able to come to Oklahoma's and, uh, we were starting something called the Oklahoma Agrinet. And, uh, as you mentioned earlier, we, we came by and y'all were interested in taking that agricultural program in a very important, well, the biggest, uh, counties in the state of Oklahoma and Caddo County as far as agriculture is concerned. So it was a natural fit, I guess, in a lot of ways. Tell, tell me about, uh, you know, coming to Oklahoma, coming back to Oklahoma. If you've been out of the state for a few years, coming back to Oklahoma and actually getting, engaged in radio station management?
1: Well, I learned a lot from Paul Benning and Dick Johnson at Weatherford, at Mm -hmm. KWEY, and and then plus my experience in a larger market at selling. Mm -hmm. I was a sales manager of a station, so I had that background. So uh, KRPT had been on the air about five years at that point, and they never had really made any money. It had been kind of slugging it out, trying to to keep keep it alive. And, Mm -hmm. And so I was able to basically, with some great people, to work with me, you know, uh, turn that deal around. And we started within a couple of months, uh, successfully operating and, and the bottom line improved and point where we could start hiring a few more people. And we developed that little station from little a little AM to AM FM. And we really covered that area really well. Went to every fair tractor pool back in those days when they were popular, mm-hmm. actually did play by play of a tractor pool. <laughs> we did sports <laughs> on cable TV to start with. And then we uh-huh. eventually got it on the radio so it was exciting time. I mean, we were everywhere. I did the local news in the morning, uh, and one of my friends, uh, Harry Benson, did the, the news at noon, and we shared some of those responsibilities. He was an engineer. I was, you know, selling ads. And, and so we were just uh, small market radio mm-hmm. broadcasting live from the American Indian Exposition for years uh, out at – every kind of fair you can imagine
0: right i guess one one of the things that uh, you know i think radio a successful small town radio station is an is a really a case study in how you i guess breathe life into a local community is it's got to it's got a uh, it's got to really have a life of its own it's really got to be, be engaged with its people
1: exactly and we think i believe people ask me uh, what does the success or how does how's radio, radio gonna do? And you know, I don't know if you look back at the history of radio, in the early fifties they said radio was dead when mm-hmm. T V came along and of course it just evolved into something big in a different way. Uh, but we believe that local news, local ag news, uh sports, uh weather uh, local DJs on the air make the difference mm-hmm. in whether or not we're successful by being involved in the community. And we think that's very important, and we do that with all of our stations in Western Oklahoma. And you
0: ba- basically you you kind of cut your teeth as far as some of those ideas in Anadarko in Caddo mm-hmm. County. Then you had the opportunity what early nineties
1: nineteen ninety one I was able to buy this station mm-hmm. KWy Weatherford, which was a dream come true for me because I really didn't think it would happen. But I'd always hope that maybe someday I could own this station. Mm-hmm. And it just, things fit together well in 1991. And I came back and, and we took over this station and kept KRPT until 1995.
0: So as you, as you worked, uh, worked both of the stations for a while, but you uh, came in and really plugged into, uh, into Weatherford, you kind of, uh, you already had that, that template already here. They were, they were very much involved in a good, uh, good citizen, uh, as a part of the local community. And you just kind of, I guess, enhanced that.
1: Weatherford and West Oklahoma are great. And yeah, I was mm-hmm. able to, to, uh, Join part with, with other people in the community to build a, at Weatherford's a great town. Mm-hmm. So it's been, been an exciting time for me.
0: So, you know, between, between obviously you, you've seen it through the eyes of a, of a state legislator, mm-hmm. uh, but you've also seen it through the eyes as a local businessman that, that wants the community to do well because that gives you a chance to sell advertising and do well as well. Uh, what, you know, get, give me your, your thoughts about how we've done in the last say 10 10 12 years in in western oklahoma and trying to keep this place you know keep keep the 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 vibrancy of uh, of this part of our state
1: it's it's difficult because uh, the the population of the smaller communities is actually you know moving down mm-hmm. weatherford is growing a little bit but uh, it's it's difficult, and, and I think what's happened is we've got some synergy going on. People moving to the little bit larger cities because of jobs mm-hmm. and opportunities. So I think one of the biggest uh, things you have to do is is uh, work towards finding local businesses that want to stay in business in Weatherford. We've got several of those, uh, and and you know you, you you talk about Walmart. Walmart is here, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and really in today's environment, it's one of those things. If, if you don't have Walmart, you're in big trouble. In your town. Right. In a lot, a lot of respects. Um, so the, the Walmart brings the business down, so you need to, in the community, have other businesses that live off of that, like uh, that sell maybe a little different line of product and give good local service to kind of counter... What what's going on in in in, in those bigger box stores? Mm-hmm. And with the internet, and with with people buying online today, it's even more difficult. Right. And and that that sales tax is an issue for these smaller towns. We're going to have to figure out a better way. There's one thing I'd like to have done, didn't get it done, would have been provide for additional ways for cities and towns to raise revenue. Because right now the only source for revenue is sales tax. They can't do you can't do an Avalon tax. A base for a town and, right. and a lot of people, farm bureaus against that. And I understand it, but we did have a bill this year that would have allowed a little bit of tax on the floor basis for police and fire. Mm-hmm. And that bill never made it out of the legislature. Hopefully they'll, there'll be something like that that will help provide community services for some of these smaller towns.
0: I, I, from what I'm hearing that that's not going away. I mean, that's that, no, it'll that's, be
1: no, we're going to have to. I mean, there's got to be a better way mm-hmm. because. The smaller towns just don't have the retail establishments anymore.
0: Right. So they obviously, you know that uh, that that's a worry. I guess maybe this COVID nineteen, you know, te- teaching us that we can uh, maybe we don't need to be in the biggest cities, and maybe we uh, we can work out of our homes. You know, there's a lot of opportunity. Maybe for some smaller communities that have got a good vibe going, they may have some something to sell.
1: Yeah, that's true and I think that we we're, we're going to be out of the covid this is going to change things for the future. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. I I uh, I hope that we can get past this and, and our economy can bounce back and not just Oklahoma but the country. As the country bounces back, Oklahoma will start to bounce back but it mm-hmm. lag and uh, you know we need food. I you know it's amazing we need food. We need ag. It's uh, most people, you know, I still think people in New York think milk comes out of a carton, right? And, uh, that's just not true. Right. And uh, we need to support our ag and they, they need help. Mm-hmm. So, you
0: know, the, the name that we, we pulled out of the air for this particular podcast series, was Road to Rural Prosperity. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's the, uh, What's the advice you have for the leaders that you're leaving behind at Oklahoma City and uh, some of the, you know, some of the, uh, uh, I guess, leaders and things like State Chamber of Commerce? All these kind, you know, how, how do how do we make sure that we have rural prosperity in the days to come, Harold?
1: I think that's uh, really a hard question to answer. I think people in the metro need to understand that rural is very important. And that they need to do what they can to support a rural part of the country, and mm-hmm. one of the ways to for prosperity would be a, a, a structural change in, in in sales tax because people go to Oklahoma City to buy things, and that money is spent there improving Oklahoma City. Uh, there was a bill proposed a couple of years that might give some of that sales tax money back. But we've got to do something in in the tax base to improve our future in in, in Oklahoma. We've got to do something to help uplift the ag ag markets. I'm not sure how to do that. Mm -hmm. I wish I did. If I knew the answer to that, I would be a millionaire, right? Uh, Well, probably several Um, times over, yes. But, I mean (laughs) – I see it happening around uh-huh. here. I see what's happening. We've cut down the we're not we're not producing the amount of wheat we used to produce out here. Right.
0: Uh, but, you know, of course the thing is that there's still the acres out here but we are doing different crops. Obviously, cotton has been Cotton's uh, bigger, because uh, bigger the now. price
1: is better. Yeah. That's right, true. Now, you that's know. Right. And if and so uh, you got this old supply and demand issue, but mm-hmm. the difference is, is our farmers don't have any control over those prices. Right. Still still very much the case. And they need help. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people understand that the, They've got to have some help and support in order uh, to produce those crops, to make uh-huh. it economically feasible.
0: I guess in, in your case, as far as you continue on with Right Radio after the uh, years in legislature, uh, you're, you're, uh, the one thing about I've noticed about media groups out in smaller communities that are engaged with the community, you've got to be a cheerleader. You've, you've got to be uh, that Public relations voice, in other words, you're talking to your local citizens, but you're also wanting to make sure that uh, people that may tune in, whatever however they tune in yeah. these days, uh, they know that there's there's something going positive in that part of the world.
1: Absolutely, very good point, and I think most uh, newspapers and radio stations try to do that. When you have the local ownership, that helps a lot because mm-hmm. they have an they have a vested interest in the community.
0: Right. I guess what uh, uh, like uh, most radio uh, organizations these days, you've had to adapt a lot uh, to try to take advantage of uh, the ways that you can uh, serve your audience different ways with uh, with streaming. And, and uh, I know, you know, talking with some of your folks about how you're doing video uh, sports events now, more and more local local high schools, this type of thing.
1: Or, we're, 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 you know, you have to be creative mm-hmm. and find ways to generate revenue. Sports is certainly a big area for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do a lot of sports. We're doing some on video, like you said. We have the apps. You you know, the neat thing about radio, you can listen anywhere in the world now. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the case when you had the tower and you could only listen within the range of the tower and the antenna.
0: 1590 Uh, was kind of a fickle signal. I mean, you know, you you got kind of goes one particular, you know, one way or the other. It is. Yeah.
1: And way at the end of the dial, you have more Mm -hmm. interference.
0: Yeah. But now, like you say, we've got the ability to listen to it to wherever uh, wherever you are. Exactly. Indeed. Harold, I thank you so thank much you. for your time. I appreciate pretty-
1: being on the radio, and I, I appreciate the service that uh, Ray Oklahoma Network provides. We're an affiliate here at our station. We're we proud to We're have proud you. We're proud that you are here, and uh, want to thank uh, Bob Funk, Tyler Norwell for helping keep that going. Very
0: good. Harold Wright with us today. Uh, of course, uh, radio station owner, small business uh, entrepreneur here in Western Oklahoma, as well as uh, outgoing. He's uh, wrapping up his 12 years of service as a state lawmaker, term limited, as uh, we've got the, in our constitution now. They yeah, that big people six. People voted it in. That's right. They yeah. folks uh, voted in a while back. But uh, a great, uh, great service that you performed during those 12 years, Harold. Congratulations on Thank that. You. Congratulations on 50 years at KWEY Radio. And uh, I'm Ron Hayes. We've been on the Road to Rural Prosperity. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and OklahomaFarmReport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the front companies.